Miracy. You could send out a survey to your customers and say, why did you buy from us? Usually it will be, well, your pricing was good, or I love this feature. But another question you could ask is, if you could no longer use this solution anymore, what would you miss the most? It's a different way of framing the question and getting a valuable response. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, you got it, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success isn't random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we uncover the emotions behind your ideal clients and how to bring that emotional understanding to bear in all of your marketing so that more people become clients without having to change the flow of traffic that you currently have. Our guest is Talia Wolf, the founder of Get Uplift, who high growth brands like Mercedes and solopreneurs alike call when they want to optimize their funnels and create experiences that customers love to convert into. So welcome to Talia, and now let's jump right into the conversation. Many companies spend a lot of money driving traffic to their website. So if you have an e-commerce store and you're selling dog leashes and you're spending money on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn, and let's say you have a thousand people a day arriving to your website and 10 people buying. So you would typically employ a company like mine to come in and say, this is how much you're spending, but now let me make your website better so that those 10 people become 20 or 30 or 100. So essentially, you're not driving more traffic. You're still going to get those 1,000 people to the website because I don't touch it. But more people will convert and become your customers because we're changing the copy on the website. We're changing the experience. We're changing the design. We're changing the images, the psychology of colors that we're using, and so on. That's a small example. But we're doing this at larger scale for companies like Teamwork or Bitly or Thinkific or Sprout Social and many e-commerce sites to help them grow. Typically, our clients are between 25 to 100 million a year. Are your courses geared for people who are more do-it-themselves or are smaller than those types of companies? A hundred percent. Most of the people taking emotion sales or the income engine are solopreneurs entrepreneurs that just got started. A lot of them are copywriters, designers, PPC managers, or just running their own little business. We've had psychologists that have a clinic and they're trying to drive more conversions on their website. People selling all sorts of stuff and doing all sorts of online and trying to get more conversions. So if someone wants to start the process of optimizing their site, 
in order to optimize their conversions, what do they need to have in place in order for them to even start thinking about it? The number one thing I'd say that you need to understand is your customers. Most people um, and companies I speak to talk in terms of, oh, I know my customer. I know how old they are. I know their geographical location. I know their gender and I know their occupation. When I talk about why do people buy from you? And that's the first question I always ask my students or the companies I work with. Why do people buy from you? Most people reply, well, you know, we have these features. We have this best price. We have this deal. They talk a lot about the solution that they're selling, the product or the service, but they don't really talk about the why behind the purchase, the emotion. And it really doesn't matter if it's SaaS or if it's a consulting business or if it's a product like a dog leash. Every decision we make in life is based on emotion. This isn't me saying it. It's neuroscientists and psychologists that have said this for hundreds of years. So when I say, who is your customer? I'm not really looking for that demographic. I'm looking to understand what's keeping them up at night. What are their challenges? What are their pains? What do they feel like right now before finding a solution? And how do they want to feel after finding a solution? Sometimes it's something about themselves. Maybe they want to feel more successful, proud of themselves. And sometimes it's how they want other people to think about them. Maybe they want their manager to look up to them and so on. So when you ask me, what is the number one thing you need to do to get started? That is what you need to do. You need to uncover that information because if you know that information, you can then know exactly what copy to write on your landing page. You will know what to say. You'll know what design. What emails to write. Exactly. Because the way to shine is by capturing people's attention and showing them that you know them, their pain, and that you can solve it for them. They're not going to come in because of price. They're not going to come in because of the features. They'll do that later. They'll look at it, of course. But first, they need to connect and they need to see that you know exactly who they are. So how do you recommend that people get started learning and discovering and understanding that? One of the best ways to do that is a survey. A lot of people think that surveys are meaningless. But if you ask the right questions, you can get wonderful, meaningful insights. So for example, you could send out a survey to your customers and say, why did you buy from us? Usually it will be, well, your pricing was good, or I love this feature. But another question you could ask is, if you could no longer use this solution anymore, what would you miss the most? So it's about framing the right questions. So a survey for both your customers and your website visitors is a great place to to start asking valuable questions like that. Or, hey, what would you say to a friend? Um, How would you describe us? What would you say if they asked you if they should give us a try? Uh, Not, can you provide a testimonial? But like, what would you say to a friend? To get their words and to hear how they describe you, because then you can also use that as copy. So surveys are great. but If you're just starting out and you have no audience and you're like, Talia, this is great, but I don't have anyone to survey. Um, A wonderful tip that I learned from Joanna Weave is something called review mining. Review mining is a brilliant tactic. Think of a book, a very popular book that set out to solve what you do with your service or your solution and go to Amazon and look for that book and pour through the reviews. Look for what people are saying about the negative stuff, the positive stuff. It's a great way to get to know your audience and see what they care about, what they were looking for, why they read the book, why they liked it, why they didn't. And it helps you get a broader understanding of who you're speaking to. It's a great way to get started without having 
even one customer. Um, it's just brilliant. Very cool. What about lurking in social media groups? You know, maybe a Facebook group or a LinkedIn group. Social listening is wonderful. Understanding <laughs> the different. I'm glad that you call it social listening and not social lurking. <laughs> <laughs> social listening is a wonderful tactic you can leverage to see conversations. So when you're looking at communities, you want to not actually participate in them, but you want to, yeah, lurk on conversations <laughs> and see what people are talking about and what they are complaining about. Um, and I'm sure that if you have an audience, it's definitely somewhere in a Facebook group. Um, definitely worth um, looking into those. How important is it to set up something, a tool like Google Analytics or Fathom or one of these other tools so that there's more clarity around number of people hitting each stage in a funnel? How critical is that? I'm going to say an unpopular opinion. Go for it. Awesome. I don't think it's important at first. Awesome. For reason, for, for reason, <laughs> great. <laughs> Okay, I just for everyone listening, you should have a Google Analytics account. Okay, have one, set it up. Okay, now if you're setting it up, set it up with GA4, not Universal. Um, when you set it up, you'll see what I mean. Let it collect data, but I wouldn't stress about it that much because if you're really just getting started, what you care about is being with feet on the ground, talking to everyone. You want to be giving people calls and talking to them offering people coffee and talking to them for 15, 20 minutes on a call. The foundation of understanding the problem that you're trying to solve and then understanding what you bring to the table that is different than anything that they have tried before, that is your goal. Um, and you can't do that with tracking. This is not me saying tracking doesn't matter. I have a whole data analytics team, which matters very much. Because um, it helps us identify what's not working. But right now, nothing's working. You're just getting started. You don't have even a thousand people coming to your website. So it's not going to be worth the time. But what you could do, if this is you and you're just getting started, maybe start out with a landing page builder or a funnel builder that already have that analytics and all the tracking in it so that you can learn some stuff and it will do the tracking for you. Learn from that and then later create your own website and start tracking and start putting all that together. But most importantly, I would put the emphasis on getting to know the people behind the screen um, and understanding that pain you're trying to solve. Awesome. Love that answer. Uh -huh. Where do people get stuck as they're trying to figure this out? I'm assuming getting stuck in the weeds of the technology and the numbers as opposed to having actual conversations. Yeah. And I also think that a lot of times we get stuck in our heads thinking, I'm never going to be able to do this. Let's say you're a solopreneur and you want to teach guitar lessons or you are a seamstress and you want to start selling clothes. Or even if you want to provide consulting as a life coach, you see all the noise out there. And what you're thinking is there's just so much competition. I can't do it. There's just too much. And instead of understanding who you're speaking to, you're so focused on all those blog posts that are telling you to just make this change and you'll increase your revenue by 300%. Or if you just change the color of the button, you'll get this result. Or if you just email 50 people, cold email, you'll get these sales. You're focusing on the wrong stuff. And a lot of times we get stuck on the tech and we get stuck on reading other people's stories and they're not ours. My story isn't yours. You're going to do what's good for your audience. And that's why that's the basics. 
So if you're that person, I would start by getting to know those people because there may be hundreds of competitors out there. But if you know who you're speaking to specifically, then you can drown out that noise and carve yourself a small piece of it. You don't have to go after everyone. The seamstress doesn't have to go after Nike. Right. You know, <laughs> right. that's not the point. The point is to say, okay, who am I targeting? I'm targeting specific people that work out that are moms and they have three kids and they don't have time to work out and they're juggling work and their child and trying to grow their career and they're trying to get in shape and feel good about themselves. So how can you reach those specific people and how can you talk to them? It's a struggle, but I think we can do it. And I think that you just have to know that it's not set in stone. It's just you taking a first step and trying and listening. Listening is the key here. I also find that curiosity is a really important Mm. quality to cultivate or enhance because you're listening, but you're listening with curiosity and take some of the stress away too. Just be curious. What's this person's life like in detail? I agree. I also think that many times when we create a solution for something and we start a business, we're many times trying to solve a problem that we've solved for ourselves. And then we get into this place where like, I know what they want because I'm the target market. I did this. It sold it for me. And then you get into your head, but you're actually not the target audience in any way. And just because it would help you doesn't mean it's going to help everyone else, which is a different thing. But you have to get out of that mindset of you either know everything because you just know the target audience or that you don't need to do anything because it will just come to you. So I think we get into our heads a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That's a really good tip. You've mentioned your methodology a number of times, and I was wondering if you'd be open to sharing it, um, at least at a high level, just so the people listening know. Of course. Awesome. 100%. I've already started. The methodology is very simple. It's just steps that we take to uncover emotions. So making it about the customer is the first rule of emotion sales. And that is um, speaking to them, surveying them, doing review mining, doing social listening, really get into people's heads. Once you do this research, the whole methodology is just based on you saying, okay, now that I know what their biggest pain is and I know what their desired outcome is and I know how I deliver that desired outcome, how do I use that? How do I put that out there? And believe it or not, there are copywriting uh, formulas out there for free all over the web that you can use. So for example, PAS, uh, Pain Agitation Solution, is the simplest and best one out there. You can just Google it, simple. You take everything that you've learned and you put it into that formula. And it basically says you start with the pain. You describe how this person is feeling right now. You agitate it. The agitation isn't about making them feel crappy. It's about showing them how this pain is affecting their life and why they need to solve it. Because sometimes we live with all sorts of pains and we're like, oh, my back hurts or I've been slouching a ton, but that's just me. I'm not going to fix my back posture. So agitation helps describe why you need to fix this. And then you introduce your solution. To use that framework, you need to know the pain that they're experiencing. You need to know how it's affecting their life and you need to know what your solution does to deliver that desired outcome. So the framework of emotional targeting is mostly built on just uncovering those pieces so that you can then apply it to anything in marketing. It is pretty simple. Right. Anything, a registration page, a web page, a freebie offer, an an email, 
promotional email, a, a launch, a campaign, everything. Right. And part of that for us is for the bigger companies, that means that, okay, I've written this page or I've written this email or I've written this ad, and now I'm going to go out and test it because I have the capability to test it. But if you're just getting started, then you just launch it and you give it a few weeks and you see what happens and you look at it and like, oh, I don't know. I don't think it's doing that well. Let's try a different angle and you try a different angle. Um, so that's part of the framework. It's research, writing and designing, and then testing. And testing doesn't actually mean that you have to do A-B testing, meaning with multiple different types of platforms. You can just launch and see how it goes. Or you can use it in your ads and see how that resonates. And when you say test it, I'm assuming, yes, it's putting it up on a landing page or a website and all of that, but it can also be in testing the language in a conversation with people. It's not about putting it on your website and then waiting for people to show up because they probably won't unless you're driving traffic. Yes, 100% to that. Just talking to people and saying, hey, what do you think about this? I love that. I have one last question around expectations. As they start working on optimizing, is the expectations like, okay, now suddenly it's 10 times better? Is it 100 times better? Is it 1.5 times better? What should they expect? And what would count as a win as far as it getting better? I don't think you should expect immediate results. And even if they come really quickly, then they may go down. Success to me is that you are always optimizing and you're always trying to get better. Um, and I think a success to anyone will also be saying, I really do understand the why behind this product or my solution. I understand why people should have it. I understand the value that I'm delivering and who I'm speaking to. Um, and it's an ongoing process. But when it does work, what are you seeing? Increased sales, increased engagement? Well, it depends on the goal that you've set. If you're an e-commerce site, then you want to see more sales. If you are a consultant, then maybe you want to see more qualified leads. If you're a SaaS business, sometimes that's more free trial requests, or maybe it's a demo request, or maybe it's actual paid revenue coming into the platform. So it really depends on what you set as a target. Mm. Sweet. Any final thought you'd like to leave us with? It tends to get really noisy and loud everywhere. And it looks like everyone's killing it. And it looks like everyone's just living their best life. They're not staying in your own lane and being able to just remember that it's noise and it's not about you. You're heading the right way and you are focused on that goal and your customers and, and providing an amazing solution. That's what matters. And drowning out that noise is imperative if you really want to succeed because it's getting worse. Just choose a path and go down it because at the end of the day, you have to trust yourself and do what you think is the right way to go and not what everyone else is telling you to do. So let's talk. I love it. Talia really speaks my language. It's all about understanding your clients and customers and prospective clients by uncovering the emotions that are driving their pain and their desires. Do that by talking and surveying and lurking online. And you'll want to compile the words and phrases and feelings that you identify and then use the PAS, copywriting formula that Talia spoke about, to address them.
big, big thanks to Talia for her wisdom around including emotion in marketing. And be sure to download Talia's gift to you, the complete list of 30-plus psychological triggers that can help you increase conversions from any landing page, sales page, or campaign that you create. It includes step-by-step instructions on how to use each trigger, as well as some great case studies of businesses that have used these triggers successfully. You can get your copy of it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Talia. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Talia, T-A-L-I-A. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eaney, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think, and they're afraid. They were, honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone, and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at, like, you know, my fears, going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, they do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful. And people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. 
you know, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but, uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.